Well, hello, Grace Church. Let's jump in, shall we? Huh? All right. So here's what's up. On the whole, on the whole, churches are losing people left and right. Right? And on top of that, they are failing to reach new people. Yes? The Christian faith, in other words, in America, is dying. It's dying. And we have to do something about it. Christianity is a faith that must be lived and lived with intentionality. And this is exactly what we must learn to do if our children, our children's children, our children's children's children and beyond will ever have a chance to know Jesus at all. Our movie quote today comes from one of my all-time favorites. This is the series full of movie quotes, yeah? Our movie quote today comes from Ridley Scott's Gladiator, starring Russell Crowe. Crowe's character, Maximus Decimus Meridius, is a general in Marcus Aurelius' army about to lead a group of soldiers into battle. He rides up to them and he says this, three weeks from now, I will be harvesting my crops. Imagine where you will be, and it will be so. Hold the line. Stay with me. If you find yourselves alone, riding in green fields with the sun on your face, do not be troubled, for you are already in Elysium. It's like they're heaven. And you're already dead. Everyone laughs. Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Echoes are interesting things. It's a metaphor, of course, but it's a good one. It makes sense. Echoes are just sound bouncing off of other things, right? Sound moves in waves, yeah? Waves are just energy moving through other material. In this case, fluid. Yes, air is a fluid. Sound originates, energy moves, and it ping-pongs around the room, bouncing off of surfaces, making it way back to your ear, so on and so forth. That's all an echo really is. It's just energy moving around the room. It's very much like dropping a pebble in a pool of water. When the pebble hits the water, the kinetic energy of the falling pebble is transferred to the water. And that energy is then dissipated through the rest of the fluid, the water, in waves. Echoes and tidal waves are fundamentally the same thing. It's just energy moving through a substance, transferred from one particle to the next. Before the sound, before the pebble, before the underwater earthquake. The fluid was still calm, right? The air is still. But the echo, the energy, it's a disruption. It changes the way things are. It alters reality, yeah? Maximus here is talking 
about leaving a legacy. So my question for you today is this. What legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to contribute to the future? For your kids, for your grandkids, for your grandkids' grandkids, for the world. How will you be remembered? The reality, though, is kind of sad. The vast majority of people who have ever lived and who ever will live will be forgotten within just two generations of their death. It's about 50 years. Most people, including you and me, will not be remembered. While you may not be remembered yourself, you can cause a ruckus in the waves of time that is felt for a long, long time. What echoes will you send reverberating into the future, into eternity? So as I was saying, the Christian faith in America is dying. And my friends, it's more serious than you might think. The latest statistics show that some 65% of churches in America are in decline. COVID-19 has exacerbated and accelerated this reality to a frightening degree. Just look around you. Pastoral surveys have indicated that approximately 20% of pre-COVID churchgoers do not plan on returning to regular worship services when the pandemic is over. It's about one in five. Many churches will never reopen their doors. Think about the echoes this seemingly inconsequential inaction sends throughout the generations of those families. We have failed them. We cannot let this happen because the gospel of Jesus is still the only genuine hope for our world. And the church is the means by which Jesus has chosen to spread this good news from our neighborhoods to the rest of the world. As theologian Stanley Hauerwas puts it, saints cannot exist without a community as they require, like all of us, nurturance by a people who, while often unfaithful, preserve the habits necessary to learn the story of God. The Christian faith and the church still matter because connecting people to God together is at the very heart of God's desire for us. And the church is where we learn to do this. This is where we learn the story of God. Hashtag, this is the way, right? So worship team, if you guys want to make your way back up here. If we want our children and our children's children and theirs beyond them 
to ever have a chance of knowing God, we have to make a change. We have to make a change. We have to get this right. Or our, or our families, the rest of America, is at risk of losing its very soul. Our kids, even now in this room, they are watching us. They need you to show them how to live the story of God. If you guys wanna go ahead and stand and prepare for worship again, and I want you to think about this. Think about those families. Think about your own. As we move back into worship, ask God to help you imagine where you will be, where they will be. Ask God to give you the strength and the courage, as Maximus said, to hold the line. Church, we are truly on the brink of the point of no return, but we're not there yet. It's not too late to turn it around. I don't feel like I need to scare you any more than that because I, I think you already sense this as well. And if you didn't, then the statistics I gave you earlier were hopefully enough to make the point clear enough. This isn't doom and gloom, it's real life. Christianity and the church in America are dying. A few weeks ago, when I was appointed lead pastor here by our elder team, first, uh, first day, Monday, first Monday in the office, I walked in and I was about to step foot in what is now my office for the first time and I felt God stop me at the door. And I stood there for several minutes and he brought before my mind the four men who had held this office before me. You know, I know that it sometimes feels like Grace Church is this new thing, but it's not. This church has been a part of this community for 40 years. 40 years. And uh, one of the things I think God wanted us to do was to honor that legacy, to honor that 40 years, honor the sacrifices from these men, from their families. And so I got some photos of these guys and I wanted to introduce them to you. And I know that you'll have a hard time seeing this on, on the video, so just take my word for it if you want. But uh, first one here is Pastor Ross Devers. He's a founding pastor of New Life Chapel, what we used to be called way back in the day. If you wanna know more about Pastor Ross, uh, I'm sure uh, Elder Arnie or Vicky could fill you in plenty, yeah? About Pastor Ross, yeah. But uh, 1980, 1985, there was a little 
Country uh, Methodist Church. Uh, Newberry Chapel, I believe, is where they started. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit there in that community. And uh, the denomination didn't want to have them in the group anymore. And so they gave them some land across the street and down the road just a bit. And uh, it was up a pole barn. Pastor Devin talked about this some uh, a month or so ago in his last message uh, as lead pastor here. And I want to encourage you to go back and check that out if you haven't already. You guys can sit down as well, by the way. I'm sorry. This next one here is Pastor Clayton Scott. Once again, it's not a man that I knew personally, but uh, I met him one time. He was doing slam poetry at the high school. <laughs> it was cool. But uh, he came in around 1985 from Oklahoma City and took what was New Life Chapel into Grace Covenant Church. And honestly, probably led the church to what was its uh, largest attendance in its history. I mean, there were probably over 300 people or so every week at a little country church uh, and pastored the church during the 1998 revival that more or less came out of our family, our community here in Alma. Next up, you guys know this one well because he's still here. It's Pastor Larry Walker. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention uh, Pastor Clayton Scott was around 1985 through 2002, I think. It's about 17 years. It's a good while. But this is Pastor Larry Walker. He's like a spiritual grandfather to me. <laughs> I love this man dearly. Uh, and his wife, Pastor Juliana. Uh, yeah. These guys taught me a lot about what it means to follow Jesus, about what it means to have faith. But uh, Pastor Larry led what, we, what was the River Fellowship and became eventually Grace Church uh, from 2002 through 2014, I believe it was. And, and again, you know him. Last one here is uh, one of my two best friends in the whole world, Pastor Devin Walker, whom you all know and love. Led the church from 2014 to 2020, up until just a month ago. Also, like a spiritual father to me, and the man that I still consider to be my own pastor, Pastor Devin. He wasn't too thrilled with the photo that I found. But October is Pastor Appreciation Month and last Sunday was Pastor Appreciation Sunday. It seemed like an appropriate time to show those to you. I'm gonna hang those in my office on what I'm gonna call the legacy wall as a constant reminder 
of the sacrifices of these men and their families that have filled this role before me. Someday, my photo will join theirs on that wall. And by the grace of God, I pray that that day is far, far into the future. Because Grace Church will still be here. Grace Church is going to last longer than me. There have been more than enough reasons for this church to permanently close its doors in its 40-year history. But by God's grace, she is still here. I do not believe God made a mistake putting Grace Church right where she is with the people and resources that she has. I believe God cares a great deal about this church and has far-reaching plans for her, for us, into the future. I refuse to believe that the last 40 years are for nothing. I refuse to believe that the sacrifices that these men and their families have made are for nothing. I refuse to believe that the promises of God that I have heard, the visions and the prophecies that I have heard from my own life for this church are nothing. And I refuse to believe that the pain from the last three years that I told you about two weeks ago was for nothing. The church in America may be in decline, but she will not die because we are going to make a change. We, Grace Church, are going to send echoes reverberating into eternity. I promise you that. I have spent the entirety of my adult life since I was 18 trying to help people understand this. I have wished more times than I can remember that I could just crawl into people's minds and flip a switch to make them get it. But I can't do that. You have to want this. You have to choose this. At the end of his life, Joshua stood before Israel and challenged them to be faithful. This is what he said. So now, revere the Lord. Serve him honestly and faithfully. Put aside the gods that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if it seems wrong in your opinion to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Choose the gods whom your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But my family and I will serve the Lord. Some translations render that, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. And here's the thing, fam. There has always been a choice. It's two things that you can see there. There's always been a choice. You will serve something. Yeah? But the choice, that is the first thing we have to do. As Joshua said, we have to choose. Make a commitment to live out this faith 
in every aspect of your life, not just Sundays and Wednesdays, yeah? We have to put aside our other gods. I spoke about this last week. From what or where are you finding your sense of identity, self-worth, value, security? That's your God. That's what you're sacrificing to. Whether it is your political party, your job, or how you feel about your family, those can all be idols. We have to put those things aside. Again, as I said last week, not that any of those things are inherently bad. Families are wonderful. But ask God to search you and show you what that is for you. But next, Joshua reminds us that we have to serve. We have to stop wearing our Christianity like a fancy handbag or a new watch. The Christian faith is not a fashion accessory. And I'm so sick and tired of it getting tossed around like that. The, the word Christian applied to anything, but a human being is just a marketing ploy. You hear me? Only people are Christians. There are no Christian nations. There are no Christian bookstores. There are only Christian humans. You hear me? To serve God is to take your faith and the desires of God for your life seriously. It is to give God the place of centrality in your life. It is to utilize your talents and resources for the kingdom of God, for others instead of just yourself. As Paul says in Romans 12, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If you are ready to make a commitment like that, to grow your faith and leave a legacy for your family you will know for generations, I want to help you make that happen. Our leadership team here wants to help you make that happen. All you have to do is ask. It's super simple for you. I talk about this every week. Let's have coffee. All you have to do, you can scan that with your phone's camera. It'll take you right to my calendar. It's easy peasy. If you don't have a phone with a camera, you can text that number and we'll get you set up. But that's all you gotta do, just scan the code. The work that we have here to do, both individually and together as a church family, will cause a shockwave of hope and love. And that will reverberate into eternity. Churches, not just Grace Church, will return to their calling of being salt and light in this world. They will be a prophetic voice of love and justice to their neighborhoods and nations. They will stop trying to be culture warriors and instead be peacemakers and agents of change, faithful servants of God. Churches will be bustling with activity every day of the week. They will be reaching and serving their communities with the hope that is in Jesus alone. And our children's children's children will know the goodness of God. But this starts with you. 
here, now. Christianity is a faith that must be lived with intentionality. And this is exactly what we must learn to do if our children's children's children will ever have a chance of even knowing. I want to pray. Father God, I pray that you will give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we could know you more. I pray that the eyes of our hearts will have enough light to see the hope of your call, the richness of your glorious inheritance and the overwhelming greatness of your power that is at work within us. In Jesus' name. Let's figure out what that looks like for you and your family. Let's figure out what the future of church looks like together. Once again, all you gotta do is scan that code, text the number, and let's have coffee, let's chat. Let's get to know each other, let's figure it out. I'm in, are you?